Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an urban educator for more than 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, an educational consultant, an equity advocate, and the co-host of Inside the Principal's Office. Let's get started. This episode is a pause to ponder segment. These bi-weekly sessions will allow me to share with you my personal thoughts and reflections on a wide spectrum of topics as they relate to education. It is my hope that you will be able to take something from these segments and apply it in a meaningful way as you continue to do amazing work. Remember, while we all have different roles, we all have a single job, educating our students. All right, so this should be a pretty fun episode. I, I apologize in advance if I kind of bounce around a little bit, but as you know, I've been trying to do these uh, much more authentic and organic, just kind of rambling as opposed to scripting it all out and then reading it, which, which I used to do. Uh, but I, the other day, I was listening to something on the radio on my way into work, and then I shared it with my wife, and she's like, you know, that that's really interesting when you put it into that perspective. And so... That is what I'm going to try to share with you today. So if you don't know me or anything about me, uh, one of the things is that I, I love baseball, huge fan of baseball, grew up uh, a, a baseball fan for a long time. In fact, my grandmother grew up outside of Wrigley Field. And when she was growing up, her mother, they didn't have any money. So her mother would read the scoreboard to my uh, grandmother and her siblings and kind of she, she was their makeshift announcer. And as she got older, she started going to games. And of course, then she started taking me to games. And that is where I fell in love and specifically with the Cubs. So maybe me being a baseball fan is a misnomer. I, I really enjoy watching the Cubs, though I enjoy baseball uh, as a whole. Right, my, my grandson is now playing. So I I say all of this because, of course, as I was listening to the radio the other day, uh, they were talking about probably one of the teams that are despised the most, unless you're one of their fans, the New York Yankees. Uh, and so I don't know if you're aware of this, but in baseball, in most sports, there are what there's called salary caps. Teams are only allowed to spend X amount of money. Uh, and therefore, it was a way to try to, I guess, balance the the scales, if you will, right? If all teams could only spend X amount, then no team could do anything in particular. Well, baseball, baseball doesn't really have this rule right now. There, there, there's no salary cap, which means, or, or floor, to be honest, which means that teams can spend as much or as little as they want to. So that got me thinking a little bit about like, well, where do these teams stand? Because of course, the Yankees are often accused of buying their championships. And I, I'll, I'll admit, I was one of those, right? That they would spend ridiculous sums of money on individuals uh, to, to buy these, 
to, to buy their championships. So to give you a quick idea, uh, I started just looking up some information. So this year's payroll, the Yankees total payroll uh, is just shy of $250 million. It's a large sum. I would like even a portion of that. Conversely, my Chicago Cubs, the team that I love the most, is despite that they are doing horribly this year, but you know it's our story. Hopefully, we'll move things around. Uh, brought in just shy, or they paid just shy of 150 million. Right, that that's about a hundred million dollar difference. That is huge. That is a huge amount of money. So, if our uh, first baseman Anthony Rizzo. Uh, recently left the Cubs. And of course, you know, whenever a team, especially a big member of the team leaves, right, people kind of get upset, they have their emotions. And so the other day, as I was listening to the radio, they were interviewing him and what he talked about, suddenly there was a click for me uh, as an educator. So, you know, he, he started talking about, well, hey, look, what you need to do is you need to invest in your people, right? He said there, there's no reason, with especially without the salary caps, you know, there's really no reason teams can't afford to pay their players better. And now I get you, I'm not speaking about this in a vacuum. I understand there's incomes and pay and all, you know, all of these different things. But essentially what he was saying is, look, if you want the best of the best, then you need to invest in the best of the best, right? There, there's no other way around it. And so in, when, when the Yankees said, look, you're a phenomenal first baseman. We want you on our team. Well, guess what? He said, hey, uh, Cubs, like he gave them an opportunity, but he said, all right, I'm, I'm popping over, you know, and, and heading over to the Yankees. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Like, what, what does this have to do with teacher retention? Well, typically, right, if you ask a teacher, what is one of the reasons, or if you ask any educator, what is one of the reasons why teachers are not staying in their profession? One of the first things that you hear is that it's income, salary. Now, there are some places where salaries are pretty great. Uh, you know, here in Chicago Public Schools, the average teacher, and, and I don't remember exactly one, but soon, if not already there, is supposed to be slated to earn $100,000 a year. And I know what some people are like, that's that's a ridiculous amount of money uh, for a teacher. But in reality, right, uh, there are those who would say, no, you're getting paid what you're worth. Uh, you know, you have New Trier, uh, which is a, a suburb of Chicago, which teachers make astronomical amounts of money compared to some of their peers. Uh, you know, we were just having this conversation. I, I, I was having, uh, we were at a wedding the other night, speaking to a colleague of mine who is considering leaving her current district. And just bouncing over state lines, uh, you know, I, I in Indiana, she she works in Indiana. If she bounces over to Illinois, maybe making a maybe I don't know, 10, 15 minute drive longer than her current commute, her salary suddenly goes up by about forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand. I mean, that's impressive, right? And so, you know, there, the, again, there's there's no doubt that there's this whole conversation around pay and teacher retention. And so I, I started thinking and I said, well, is it true? Right? Does the do these two things coincide? The amount of money a team pays for their players and the amount of wins, championships, things like that, right? Because you're looking at the outcome. Right. So the same thing as teachers and education, not only do you want to retain teachers, 
But if you're retaining good teachers, then you're going to hopefully see positive outcomes, great outcomes, you know, on the other end. And, and so I, I found this study that was done. So a shout out to PitcherList.com. And so they they broke this down. They started looking at numbers and championships and things like that. And what they saw was that from 1995 to 2019, that um, 44% of the champions during that time uh, in the last 25 years finished in the top three in payroll. So I just understand that. So in the last 25 years, almost half of the teams who won the championships finished in the top three in their payroll. That That's pretty significant. So they, they, they go on to look at this a little bit more and that, you know, they start looking at salaries and Z scores and I, I'm, I'm not a statistician. Uh, so I, I don't really know all of those things, but in the end, in the end, what they found was that there were much more, many, many more teams that had a much higher salary uh, than the rest of the teams who won the World Series. So they started to say, hey, well, wait a minute. The more you pay, the more you invest in your team, the more likely that you're going to win the World Series. And in fact, the New York Yankees was mentioned in this uh, this research, this study, to find out that they had almost two standard deviations higher than the league and they won more championships than that time than any other team. And, and so it was just an interesting concept because I, as a baseball fan, you know, I kind of follow this trend like, well, small markets and, you know, it shouldn't be capitalized by these things and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then I started thinking about teachers, right? As I was listening to this conversation, I started thinking about educators and I said, well, wait a second. That's the same argument being used against educators. Right. But here it was in baseball that said simply, look, invest in your people, pay them what they are worth. And you may not win every single year. Right. There are some outliers. You know, we saw that uh, with the Rays, uh, you know, in, in last year's championship or the 2020 World Series. So, yes, there are times the underdogs, the lower paid, there are times that they're going to make it through. Right. But those are called underdog stories for a reason, because. Nobody expects it. And it's rare that those things happen. And even if you do win a championship, the fact that you're going to maybe make it to the World Series and win, your, your odds are extremely low. Right. So I, I say all of this to consider that if the Yankees understood this, if the, if the first baseman from the Cubs, Anthony Rizzo, said, look, I popped over to the Yankees because they know how to invest in their people. And in doing so, they're getting the results that they want. They're winning championship after championship after championship. Why can we not apply that same mentality to our educators if a school wants a phenomenal student outcomes year after year after year? Why do we not invest in our people to make sure, right? And it's not just the schools because I get the income uh, the funding formulas and all of those things. But as a nation, if we want phenomenal things happening with our students, why are we not putting money into the individuals who are tasked with making sure that those outcomes exist? Right? You, you cannot tell me that you value a teacher or two different teachers just as much when one teacher is making $35,000 a year. And this happens. You know, compared to somebody else who's maybe making one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, you can't tell me that. 
and I'm not going to say all the time because I know the arguments that the teacher making $120,000 is better than that teacher who's making 35. Because as what we know as educators, educators are going to pour their heart and soul into their kids regardless of how much money they make. But in the long term, in the big picture, those teachers making thirty-five thousand, when they're make, you know, having to take on another job to supplement their income, when they're working two to three different jobs, they're going to get tired and they're going to burn out, and they cannot give a hundred percent to their students. And I guarantee you, you are not going to get the outcomes that you want. Just another argument for for teacher pay, for teacher salaries, uh, and just coming from an alternative perspective. Until next time. I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and of course, share it with friends and family. I'd also love to hear your thoughts about the show, so please leave a comment or two as well. Now, I'm not sure what platform you're using, but the show can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and plenty of other platforms. If the show isn't on your preferred site, let me know, and I'll be sure to get it up and running. This podcast is also featured on schoolrubric.com, where you can find educational articles, videos, and interviews with educators from around the globe. Be sure to connect with me and other listeners by following the show on Twitter at The CN Podcast and joining the show's Facebook group. Take care.